Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Officials in Montana say the fentanyl crisis has made its way to their state. In 2020, there were 41 fentanyl-related deaths. In 2021, that number spiked to 87. That's a 112% increase, and then city leaders are putting the blame directly on drug cartels. Listen. We know where these drugs are coming from. We know where 100% of the fentanyl and 100% of the methamphetamine are coming from. And they're coming from the Mexican drug cartels. All right. That was uh, the opener there from Fox News earlier in the week, then featuring a soundbite from Montana's Attorney General Austin Knudsen. And then uh, shortly after that, a conversation with Sheriff Leo Dutton, the former president of the Western uh, Sheriff's Association and, of course, the current uh, sheriff for Lewis and Clark County here in Montana. We're going to catch up with Sheriff Dutton uh, here later uh, this hour of the show he's going to join us in the second half of the show basically these western sheriffs are trying to get the word out about uh, two of these mexican drug cartels in particular and how they are on the ground here in montana uh, operational as we speak uh, like i say sheriff dutton coming up in the second half of the program first up though today right here on montana talks it's thursday our weekly legislative update here with speaker of the house Matt Regeer, Mr. Speaker, great to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, I guess give us the latest uh, 60,000 foot uh, level view, the China spy balloon view of what's been going on in the Capitol. <laughs> Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Montana. Oh, put me up there with the spy balloon. That's, uh, that's dirty. Uh, <laughs> no, it is uh, at the Capitol here. We're only, uh, what are we, three weeks away from transmittal, which all the House bills have to be able to Senate, Senate, vice versa with the Senate to the House. Uh, so things are heating up. We're getting a lot of uh, individual legislators and their constituent uh, bills that are coming through, and uh, the, the bills are a lot more prolific now. Like the volume of, of them are more voluminous, so uh, committees are, are working long hours and, uh, and a lot of... Uh, a lot of passionate discussion so think things are getting things are getting uh, more lively here at the capitol if that's even possible yeah three weeks till transmittal uh we're already halfway through february and transmittal is basically halftime that's uh halftime for the legislature and uh, you know big picture is if if a lot of these bills don't make it past the transmittal deadline then then they're basically dead barring some uh big push for a revival right Exactly. It's uh, that transmittal is a hard, fast line. So you get legislators now that get in a little panic mode, especially the ones that are procrastinators. They're uh, working some long hours down their office, and it's uh, why don't you do this uh, back in December? But uh, uh, they don't want to hear that. Yeah. Well, I know there were there was a lot of debate over property tax uh, relief here uh, of late as well. Uh, specifically, I, I saw the Democrats were trying to uh, slow down the efforts to, to provide uh, these property tax rebate checks uh, to, to Montanans across uh, the state. It seems like that's really their main focus is just to simply try to slow down and bog down the process. Uh, but we'll talk more with uh, Speaker of the House, uh, Matt Regeer. For you, then please visit our office anytime between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Monday or Friday at 2671 Gable Road. Join the Brown Plumbing and Heating Team today.
Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. Yeah, on that point that I made before the break, how legislative Democrats are basically just trying to bog everything down, trying to slow everything down at this point. Now, they are in a super minority in the Montana legislature because they've adopted such radical positions. So they've uh, they've become a super minority in the Montana legislature. But I thought it was interesting uh, on Twitter. Uh, there's this outfit that the uh, that the liberal media likes to quote all the time, uh, Center for Budget and something, something. It's basically a George Soros-funded outfit. I think they have like one staff person in Helena that George Soros pays for. And and she said just that. Hey, what's the rush? Why the rush with this income tax relief? Why the rush with this property tax relief? There's plenty of time. Uh, no, there isn't. There's like uh, 90 days, and we're already uh, close to halfway through with those 90 days. Uh, Speaker of the House, Matt Regeer, yeah, one of the questions I had is, hey, how close are we to getting some of these bills to the governor's desk? What's the closest uh, pieces of legislation uh, to the governor's desk at this point right now? <clears throat> yeah, um, right now we do have, and that was kind of the Republicans, especially the House Republicans' priority coming into this was the taxpayers' First, you know, on the surplus, on the uh, on the topic of the surplus, uh, they overpaid the last uh, the last biennium, the last two years, and we got that huge surplus. And our take was, let's take care of them first and refund that money first. So that's the closest thing to get to the governor's desk right now. Is we got over a billion dollars uh, in tax relief uh, checks coming back to the to the taxpayers that overfunded it, as well as paying off some debt, um, and also um, lowering the income tax permanent permanent tax relief. We're looking at uh, Senate Bill 121 uh, lowers the income tax to 5.9%. Um, I think that's going to help out. That helps out middle class all across Montana. And uh, hoping to pass that quick uh, here in the House, and then it goes straight to the governor's desk. So looking at another week or so, and uh, hopefully we can have some bill signings there of uh, taxpayers first and then taking care of government bureaucracy uh, second. Yeah. In fact, uh, I know the governor was in Lewistown yesterday, and he told me earlier this morning that he's ready for those bills to hit his desk, and, and he'll sign that tax relief once it gets on his desk. So uh, I know folks across the state could use the relief. What other items are, are close to uh, getting the approval of both chambers? Uh, what, what do you think following tax relief? What's what's in the close second uh, to landing on the governor's desk? Um, well, after that was kind of the early one. We do have... Um, uh, some uh, justice uh, or judicial restoration bills that are uh, working their way, and those those are getting pretty close just to um, uh, make that. Uh, I mean, the three branches of government were set up for checks and balances, and uh, we need to do that as a legislative branch in the Montana Constitution. The uh, judicial branch, really Article Seven, the judicial branch. 22 different times it uh, references legislature or by law. It gives us a lot of checks and balances, and um, I think there's been too much activism there. There's a lot of good judges, but uh, there's those few that are uh, that are politicians instead of judges, and uh, that needs to be that needs to be checked and balanced uh, the way our constitution is set up. So those there's a few of those bills, the justice restoration bills, that are getting close to his desk too, and excited about uh, uh, the impact those will have for more equitable. Uh, judicial branch moving forward. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we're seeing a, a lot of this uh, debate at the national level, this radical, woke, left-wing agenda, particularly when it comes to the transgender debate and the pronoun debate. I mean, uh, just this morning I noticed how the Federal Aviation Administration is is pushing racial equity, and they're, they're wanting to do away with words like airmen and cockpit uh, because apparently they think that is a gender-specific term for some reason. But but the point being is that we we've got grown adults in the in the Biden administration that are acting childish, trying to trying to push some of this nonsense. When we've got real world problems going on, the massive train derailment in Ohio and the environmental catastrophe there, the near collisions on our runways, uh, the total shutdown and grounding of flights across America, the first time since 9/11, cyber attacks. I could go on and on and on, and yet and yet Democrats like Pete Buttigieg and the Biden administration are focused on racist roads and racist bridges and complaining about white construction workers. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, legislative Democrats in Helena are pushing the same type of nonsense, and they want little kids to be forced into playing this pronoun game on the playground. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that's where we're at as a society, but it is. Of, uh, I mean, free speech is under attack. You see it from the big uh, social media conglomerates, like uh, you saw Senator Daines uh, going to Twitter jail there. It's a Free speech is under attack, and uh, it's time, uh, I think we on the right wake up to that. Uh, we just heard yesterday on the floor, Representative Lear at Savage had a bill that um, that upheld that free speech for, for pronouns, that you couldn't get in trouble for uh, compelled speech. And that's what we're kind of moving into. If you're going to say what... Uh, you're going to say what I want to want to hear, or otherwise you're going to get in trouble. And we've had that where kids uh, in the uh, uh, university systems here in Montana have been uh, disciplined or expelled uh, because of uh, wrong pronouns. And uh, that can that can compelled speech is, is not right. We need to stand up for free speech, otherwise they will take it away. Yeah, and that was so. That was the bill. Uh, so, so folks, uh, just understand here. Just to clear, I mean, to to pile on to what you shared there. That bill by Rep- Representative Lear out of Savage, Montana, did pass yesterday. That protects kids from these these bullies on the left who want to uh, force their compelled speech down their throats. Uh, so, and and federal courts have yeah. already stood up for teachers in that regard as well, and said you can't even force teachers to play this little pronoun game on the playground either. Let alone some six year old kid that's just trying to go to school and figure out what they want to be when they grow up. You know what I'm saying? All right. Speaker of the House, Matt Regeer. Uh, we'll talk more with him here right after the break. We'll take your phone calls as well. 406-294-0970 if you have a quick question or comment, or you can send us a quick message. On- for Gold today to learn more about the 123 Protection Plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, 406-294-0970 is the number for you if you want to jump in on the conversation here on Montana Talks. Uh, also, I, I mentioned earlier this morning I got a chance to catch up with Governor Greg Gianforte just last night. Uh, he had a roundtable discussion in Sydney, Montana, uh, talking about uh, the news uh, when American Crystal announced that they were shutting down the sugar beet factory, the Sydney Sugars uh, beet factory in Sydney, Montana. 
now the governor uh, went in, talked with folks, had a, a roundtable discussion with community leaders on the ground last night. Uh, I'll give you a, a portion of that conversation here later on in the hour. And then, of course, we're going to catch up with uh, Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton as well, uh, talking about the drug cartels and more. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go to uh, into the phone lines here. If you have a quick question or comment uh, for Speaker of the House, Matt, uh, Matt Regeer, joining us for our weekly legislative update. Uh, we'll take your calls. We've got Bob in Billings first up. Bob, did you have a quick question or comment? Yeah, I try to make it quick. Uh, I guess um, evidently there, because of the internet, our home titles or our deeds are, you know, available to uh, basically thieves who want to uh, steal our home title. And they, on this station, there's a lot of advertisement about home title lock insurance. But I'm just wondering if this vulnerability couldn't be uh, eliminated for instance if uh, they had if there's a major um, activity on your home title if you should be could be caught or could be required that you be contacted to make sure that you are actually selling your house and somebody hasn't forged a signature and stolen your deed oh interesting so is there a state protection already in place or a state protection that could be put in place on that front. Uh, yeah, something that you hear about in commercials. All right. Appreciate that, uh, Bob. Speaker Regeer, your thoughts? Yeah, I, sure there could. I mean, we make the legislation, the law. Um, I don't know how prolific that is uh, on the state, but uh, and I don't know of any bills going through that. I know there are over at the auditor's offices, um, uh, I don't know, consumer protection agency there that... Uh, that looks into that kind of fraud, uh, but I haven't seen any legislation that would specifically address that. Yeah, I wonder if that might be a, a, a good topic, possibly for like Troy Downing, state auditor, uh, if if that might be something in the in their wheelhouse right now. I don't know. Yeah, interesting question. Something you hear a lot about if you're listening to radio commercials across the state. That's for sure. Uh, one of the one of the uh, things that did get a lot of attention here in the past few days, Representative Lori Bishop, Democrat out of Livingston, uh, she, uh, I mean, when we talk about no limits abortion, oh, boy, she sure put the throttle down on that one, didn't she? Yeah, and thanks for bringing that up, Aaron. This is I want to highlight this because this is uh, this is the difference of uh, electing a Republican supermajority. I mean, this. Bill House Bill 432, uh, sponsored by 37 different Democrats. It is just wide open abortion uh, for everything: Planned Parenthood, uh, teaching sex ed in school, to um, removing the prohibition on uh, abortion-inducing drugs at elementary schools. This would allow for abortion-inducing drugs to come into elementary schools. That's how that's how radical House Bill 432 is. And uh, and that's just the start of it. I mean, it is a it is a huge, huge bill repealing any sort of uh, restraint on uh, any sort of pro life legislation that is in law. Uh, partial birth abortions allow for a baby to be half delivered and then uh, and then aborted. Um, it's just um, parental rights. Uh, you can't uh, parental notification before an abortion. Repealing that. It uh, it's a voluminous bill with. Um, like I said, the difference between uh, Republican and Democrat is abortion-inducing indu- drugs in elementary school. I just can't get past that. Of uh, this is the Democrat agenda of 
of 2023. Um, and so I, I thank the Montana voters for, for sending a supermajority of Republicans that this uh, bill won't see the light of day. And uh, this is this is why we're here and this is what we're fighting for. Um, so uh, it is... Uh, Definitely something to highlight of the, of the difference between between the two parties. I, I thought it was really interesting too that uh, that same representative, Lori Bishop, she is the Democrat lawmaker uh, that I'm sure was more than happy uh, to uh, you know to have the drag queens there uh, testifying about why they want to be able to to read books to kids, but yet she tried to throw the uh, Native American man out of the hearing room altogether after she rudely interrupted him. That's the same rep that is pushing this uh, radical, no-limits abortion. And oh, by the way, Planned Parenthood is seeing dollar signs with this transgender debate as well. Uh, they want to get in the business of pushing these uh, these puberty blockers on kids uh, also. Uh, crazy stuff. All right, back into the phone lines we go. Let's see. Uh, Skip in Hamilton, did you have a quick question or comment? Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, I, I, Matt, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, Beatty's upcoming bill, which I think is just out of committee. It's it's 402, which has, which has to do with uh, having to be a citizen before you vote. And I've read all through all the material. I thought he covered the bases amazingly. And I, I was wondering what your personal idea is about something being that sensible to do right here in Montana. And, and I'd appreciate your input on it. My guess is you know about the bill and and maybe you think it's a, something that would be good for people to verify their citizenship before they vote. Oh, to verify citizenship. Yeah, because remember, we had those two non-citizens uh, who we found out after the election ended up voting in that uh, municipal election in Dobson, Montana, uh, recently. All right, Skip, thanks for the call. Speaker Regeer, your thoughts? Yeah, I, and that was been a, it's been a few weeks now since I read through that bill, so I'm digging back in my brain. And that is uh, that was an excellent bill, excellent idea. There, there was, I believe, one line in there, though, of uh, it, you could vote as as long as the verification process was going forward or something like that. I would like to see that you have to be actually verified, not just in the process of it. It was something like that. I'm, once again, going off memory, which is a little bit scary, but that is a, that's an excellent idea. Um, and hopefully we can uh, maybe, as the bill process goes, things get amended and, and polished up. And But that's an idea that I'd love to see cross the finish line. Well, and even more timely now, given the fact that uh, that Democrats in Washington, D.C., congressional Democrats, support allowing non-citizens to vote in Washington, D.C., in, in municipal elections there. How many Russian and Chinese diplomats live in Washington, D.C., and would now be able to vote in their elections? Uh, it's it, absolutely crazy. Uh, yet add another one to the list of crazy that we're seeing right now, of course. Scott in Billings next up. Did you have a quick question or comment? Thanks for taking call, Aaron. Good morning, Matt. Glad to have you on the air, and thanks for all the stuff that the Regeer family back there is doing in the legislature and your service as well. Just had a quick comment. Thanks for uh, wanting to send the money back to the taxpayers who are overcharged and uh, take care of some of the government regulations that we don't need. Uh, your tax proposals all sound great, uh, reducing the rates, property tax, and everything, and I know you're looking at getting some relief for uh, eliminating the taxation on veterans' benefits. I, I know there's some talk about 
eliminating the taxation on Social Security benefits as well. And I just wondered what your thoughts were on that, if that can be part of this uh, this tax package. Thanks again for taking the call and all your great service for us. All right. Thanks, thanks, Scott. Yeah, and uh, that's a topic that we, we get asked about, I'd say, probably more than any other. Uh, Mr. Speaker, your thoughts? Yeah, I appreciate the call and uh, and that question, too. Of There is going to be, and there's really two different avenues. One is the surplus that was overpaid, and that's looking in the rearview mirror, uh, which is one-time only money. Uh, but then what we're talking about here is ongoing. And uh, I'm not so concerned about this two years budget. Uh, it's the four years out and eight years out. And uh, there is a lot of good things that I would love to do. Um, Social Security exemption, veterans exemption, uh, drop the uh, dropping the income tax rate. Uh, we already did business equipment, uh, giving tax relief to small businesses. So there's a lot of um, a lot of great ideas out there, and we're going to have to take a look at the uh, revenue estimates and see. Um, uh, where that all lands. I'd love to do it all, and uh, I, I, I doubt we're going to have enough ongoing revenue to do it all. It's a, it's a matter of uh, maybe even taking some steps of we do some tax relief this time and hopefully can get government more efficient. I'm a conservative, small small, small government, efficient government guy, and, um, and the more we can get government efficient, the more, more uh, tax relief we can have for every sector of Montana. A lot of good ideas. We'll have to see which all fit on the balance sheet. All right, let me uh, see. I think we can sneak in one more phone call here before the break. Uh, Joe in Missoula, thanks for your call. Did you have a quick question or comment? Yeah, I wanted to comment on John Tester's uh, deal about Chinese balloon. You know, uh, I, he's finally, I call him Johnny come lately because, you know, he wanted to impeach, he impeached uh, Trump. Yeah, and Trump is the one who's Chinese. He, he's the one who got the whole thing uh, awakened us. Anyway, um, I, you know, I'm, I agree with him that uh, we should prohibit the sale of uh, farmland to uh, communist Chinese. Yeah, and of course, but you're exactly right. He's Johnny come lately. Why wasn't he saying that six months ago when we were talking? He wasn't even talking about the issue when we were reporting it, when Congressman Matt Rosendale was talking about the issue. You're exactly right. He's Johnny come lately because lately, it just happens to be an election year next year. I think you're exactly right on that front. Uh, Speaker Regeer, your thoughts, uh, th- 20 seconds to go, unfortunately. Yeah, I think uh, the senator is a little bit of a windsock there. Wait and see which way the wind's blowing and then start talking about it. But, uh, um, but yeah, at least uh, I know we do have a, a bill in the, uh, working through here in the Senate that will uh, prohibit uh, you know Chinese owning own some land around some infrastructure. So look forward to uh, talking about that maybe on another show. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, State Senator Ken Bogner's bill uh, out of Miles yeah. City. That's right. Yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Speaker, great to have you on the show. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the weekly legislative update uh, so we uh, can keep an eye on what all's going on in the state capitol. Coming up right after this, Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton talking about the drug cartels on the ground in Montana. Reporting from the Montana Legislature, I'm Eleanor Smith. A bill in the Montana House of Representatives would make driving high on THC, the psychoactive compound in marijuana, a DUI, no matter what kind of THC or how it was produced. Under current law, driving under the influence of THC is a criminal offense, but the law is murky on driving under the influence of its different variants. Variants of THC, commonly referred to as Delta-8 or Delta-10, are produced through the chemical processing of CBD. Republican Representative Katie Zolnikov from Billings is the sponsor of House Bill 437. We are trying to make sure that there's not a loophole in the law where somebody who is driving impaired and driving under the influence of THC, because it's Delta-10 or 11 or what have you, there is currently this loophole in law. 
that says, well, I can't actually get charged with this DUI. There were four proponents of the bill at a House Judiciary Committee hearing Wednesday, including Court Jensen, who's the chief attorney for the Montana Department of Agriculture. We think it will help be consistent across both Department of Ag, Revenue, Justice, and everyone else if we switch away from the classic farm bill model, which was Delta 9, to the shenanigans that are going on, which is basically just call it all THC, regardless of the exact chemistry, since they can have mind-altering effects. House Bill 437 would also decriminalize the use of drug testing strips, which are now classified as paraphernalia in Montana. The bill would allow Montanans to test for any type of drug, from opioids to date rape drugs. This legislative update is brought to you by the University of Montana School of Journalism, the Montana Broadcasters and Newspaper Associations, and the Greater Montana Foundation. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. New developments in Mexico's GMO corn ban. Mexican officials issued a new decree at midweek calling for a ban on imports of biotech corn used for certain purposes effective immediately. The decree also indicated the Mexican government would continue to allow imports of biotech corn used as animal feed while exploring substitutes. But once substitutes are established to satisfy supply needs, all GM corn will be banned. The National Corn Growers Association has expressed serious concern with the accelerated implementation timeline. NCGA says they continue to call on the Biden administration to initiate a U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement dispute settlement panel regarding the issue. The ban, according to NCGA, would be catastrophic for American corn growers as well as Mexican people who depend on corn as a major staple of their food supply. And today's program is brought to you by the Montana Farmers Union. For more, visit montanafarmersunion.com. Well, this week at the Mile City Livestock Commission, a smaller sale took place, but 567 weight steer calves averaged $2.22, while 603 weight steer calves brought 209 Finally, slaughter cows were anywhere from $0.87 cents up to $0.92. Cents. I'm Lane Northline. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we should have uh, Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton calling us here any second, but let's uh, sneak in some phone calls here in the meantime. Uh, first up, let's go to Bob. Uh, Bob is all the way down in Florence, Arizona. He's one of our Montana snowbirds down there, I guess normally in Wolf Point. Bob, great to hear from you. Hey, what's on your mind this morning? Well, thank you, Aaron. Uh, <clears throat> wind chill today, 25 here, 25 above. Really? In Arizona? Yeah. Not very snowbirdy. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 yeah, glad. Yeah. I you take that for all those other days you get this sunny in 75. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> anyway, uh most of us that uh, have a brain and have watched history a little bit have watched from the gun ports of cameras on planes since World War II at least through the Korean War and the Vietnam War. The pictures of our planes shooting things down or shooting things up. And uh, are we to believe that we have no cameras on our guns and our missiles nowadays that we don't know what we're shooting down? 
Oh, interesting. So you think there might be? I've I've heard there the audio uh, footage of the pilots that shot down the object that had been over Haver that they shot down over Lake Huron. So you're thinking that there should be video available, right? So could we see the well, video of what was shot down? Is that there has been in every war that I've watched, and uh, I don't know why we would have changed. I thought we were becoming more technological intelligent. Yeah. Ah, isn't it interesting that, that, that they, they ba- the Biden administration is basically admitting that they don't know what was shot down after the president authorized two different objects to be shot down over the United States, and he doesn't know what he was shooting at. Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, Pretty crazy, isn't it? I, I loved that line that Speaker Regeer uh, had to say, uh, you know, from the previous caller who was, you know, now liberal Senator John Tester is trying to sound tough on China because he's up for reelection next year. So he's trying to sound tough, even though he's been providing cover fire for Biden and the communist Chinese for how long now? And uh, but that line where Speaker Regeer referred to John Tester as a wind sock, I thought was just spot on. Uh, absolutely perfect. All all right. Uh, next up on the phone lines, Annie in Billings. Annie, what's on your mind? Uh, good morning. I'm going to um, get further information about the MIRA program, which stands for Montana Emergency Rental Assistance. Um, I understand that they are not accepting any new applicants, but the problem is with the process. Uh, as um, people may or may not know, Immediately when any from, anyone from another state steps foot into our state, they automatically are considered homeless. They bump everybody out on the list, and they qualify for rental assistance. They go to the top of the list. And so that is putting a lot of Montanans um, down on the bottom of the list. Um, they have qualified for up to 15 months of free rental assistance. Um, I don't think that's quite right. I think you should have to be a resident. I know that yeah. right now some of the representatives that I've spoken to are trying to get some legislation passed that they have to be Montana residents for an amount of time before they can qualify for these benefits. Um, I spoke to someone in the governor's office about this, one of the citizens' advocates, and they had one of the Mira people call me from Helena, and they told me that um, there was nothing they could do, that these out-of-state residents are considered an emergency status, and they go to the top of the list for all the benefits. Isn't that crazy? Federal dollars, federal rules, out-of-state people taking advantage of a rental assistance program. And so what ended up happening was you had hundreds of people that were filling hotel rooms that taxpayers are paying for in places like Billings, Montana, and how many of those rooms were being filled by people that aren't even from Montana? Uh, no, uh, yeah, very interesting phone call. Thanks for uh, for calling in. And if we had more time, we'd, we'd keep the conversation going. Um, Another great person to talk with, and, and how I, I, I first heard about this as well, some of these very things you're talking about, Pam Purinton is a Billing City Council member, and she has been looking into this and raising some very important questions. It sounds like the program's basically expiring anyway, and the money's going away, but man, look at all of the fraud, waste, and abuse 
that has come down in the last two, three years from the federal government, and many of it, uh, much of it in the name of COVID-19, of course. Uh, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Let's jump right into it. We've got uh, Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton now with us on the phone lines. We'll try to sneak more of your phone calls in here uh, before uh, we wrap up the hour as well. Sheriff Dutton, you were on uh, Fox News earlier this week. You're, of course, the past president of the Western Sheriff's Association. Uh, and, and basically, uh, you and several other Western sheriffs across the country are, are raising red flags, talking about fentanyl, talking about the Mexican drug cartels. They're here. They're operational. They're on the ground in Montana as we speak. Well, thank you, Aaron. Good morning. That yeah, good is morning. very true. One of the things that people need to realize is they're here. They've been here. They're doing business. The uh, the fentanyl business is good for them, so they uh, appreciate all of the people that are doing it. We don't. So the, the issue is uh, there have been five major uh, associations for sheriffs get together, and that's the National Sheriff's Association, the Major County Sheriff's Association, and the Western State Sheriff's Association, one that I'm part of, and the Southwestern Border Coalition and the Texas Border Coalition, and we released a press release. And it's risky, uh, Aaron. It's very risky. We're calling out the C- uh, Sinaloa uh, drug cartel and the Jalisco drug cartel out of Mexico. We're naming them, and we're asking the President of the United States to declare them uh, terrorists because uh you know, there was 2,977 2, innocent people that were killed in our nation on September 11th. But if you look at how many people are, the 100,000 a year that we're losing to fentanyl, this is something that the president, that the federal government has to pay attention to, and we have to go after them. They're making money, and they make money off of you know human trafficking, indentured servants, all of those kind of things, uh, prostitution. People are a renewable resource. So I've taken up most of the time, and I uh, appreciate you letting me get that off my chest. Yeah, and I've heard Attorney General Austin Knutson has called for labeling these cartels terrorist organizations as well. That's what you and these other sheriff's organizations are doing. I've heard there's parts of Montana that are basically no-go zones for law enforcement because the cartels are basically you know, running operations on the ground, especially on parts of our reservations. Well, they do have a bit more of a free reign on reservations. We're working with either the BIA or the tribal police so we can help. You know, we don't have jurisdiction there, but through good relations with the tribes, we'll make a, a better encroachment on that. But they uh, they have the money. The, these drug cartels have a lot of money. I've been down on the border. I've, I've worked a shift uh, of an interdiction team, and the drug cartels are extremely well-funded. Anything coming across that border, they've paid those cartels something. So they, they rent uh, kids. They rent people. So if you want to come across as a family, they'll, sell, they'll rent you a couple of kids, and they come in back, and they come and take them from the United States. They take them across the border. Uh, we have to do something. If people are worried about humanity and women being raped, uh, I saw what it looks like. And it, it's time for people to step up. It doesn't, this doesn't have the color of politics. This, I mean, you know, blue it or should. red or, yeah. it, it shouldn't. It I mean, shouldn't. It's just, it's, it's 
ugly. Yeah, I saw so, even even the Military Times this morning has a story about how fentanyl deaths among troops have more than doubled from 2017 to 2021. 170 overdoses involving fentanyl among... Tax Slayer. File fearlessly. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I probably won't have time uh, to play a portion for you here today, but I uh, spoke with Governor Greg Gianforte earlier this morning after his meeting in Sydney last night, a roundtable discussion with locals following the announced closure of the Sydney Sugar's Sugar Beet facility, and he really uh, stressed the resiliency and the strength and the determination of folks in Sydney and of the community, uh, and their message was, we will come back, we will come back stronger from this. That's kind of uh, really the, the big takeaway from what the governor heard yesterday. We'll talk more about that uh, uh, tomorrow on the show. Uh, Tom Balick, stay on the phone lines. I'll try to sneak you on before we run out of time here. It's uh, been a while, my friend, so looking forward to hearing what, what you uh, have to share uh, with us here. Uh, I remember you from back in the day in Lewistown. Uh, but first, let's go back to uh, Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton, the former head of the Western Sheriff's Association. Sheriff, you know, I, I made this point to the BBC and on a Denver radio station earlier in the week. You know, for, for some people in our country, it took a it, it wasn't until a massive spy balloon was literally hovering over their heads that they finally figured out the threat on our southern border. And they finally f- figured out the threat of the Mexican drug cartels and the threat of the communist Chinese. China is a part of this whole conversation with regard to fentanyl as well, right? You are spot on. One of the things you asked me a sorry, you asked me a key question there, and one thing I forgot to bring in is what what can you do? What can the citizens do? And that's call your elected federal representatives and demand action that that uh, president would deal with this, would declare them a terrorist organization, and do that now. So call either Senator Dane, Senator Tester. Um, Zinke and Rosendale, and let them know how you feel about it. Back to China. China is the one that's where the major import of fentanyl is, and now the balloon. You know, it's it's still going on. I'm getting a report this morning that uh, last yesterday that there was a report of a uh, some, and this is pilot observations that uh, an unidentified object at uh, probably in the flight level of the twenty thousand feet was shining a light at the ground. This is not just made-up UFO things. This is coming from pilot reports. So I find that very interesting that it comes across the border, and I know that they're watching it, but China, China's got a plan. Yeah. Where was that report out of, the one that you picked up from the pilots that, yesterday? Uh, that was off of the uh, – I'm a, I'm a flight instructor, so it comes from the uh, – Oh, I'm trying to read here where they're called pilot, uh, pi reps out of uh, the, oh, um, 
Well, I can't. I think well, that's no worries. Yeah, but yep. but yeah, basically, pilots yep. are reporting yeah more and more of this. Yeah, but and then tied yep. in with the southern border conversation and the fentanyls and the drug it cartels, is. they're yep. using these. You know, they're using unmanned aerial vehicles and objects in the sky to deliver their drugs as well. So, uh, yeah, clearly uh, these are threats. Clearly, we need to be paying more yep. attention to it. All right, Sheriff Leo Dutton, well, always yep. a pleasure. Anything else you wanted to tell our listeners Thank across you. the state? No, your sheriffs. Your, I know your Montana. I can speak. Uh, authoritatively that your Montana sheriffs treat every citizen as their boss and we want to protect you. We just need your support and thank you for listening. I sure appreciate it. All right. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for uh, carving out some time from your schedule for us here. You know, that also brings to mind, hey, uh, while the legislature is in session, maybe they could pass a resolution, a joint resolution calling on the drug cartels to be labeled as terror organizations. Uh, Maybe some of those lawmakers who pretend to care so much about our reservations could actually get on board for something like that as well. All right, uh, Tom Balick. Hey, I remember him from back in the day in Lewistown. He's out in South Carolina now. Tom, what's going on? Well, hi, Aaron. It's good to talk to you again. Been a while. I know. Yeah, uh, great, to, great to see that familiar name across uh, across my screen here. Well, hello to my Montana friends, especially those guys in Lewistown. And uh, don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's going to be 73 here this afternoon. Well, I'll tell you, we'll send the spy balloon your way just for that one, you know, just to, well, just as payback. We already did. We already did. That's, that's right. Part of the, that's we, uh, part yeah. of the South Carolina-Montana connection. I mean, you, <laughs> you find the balloons and we shoot them down. Well... <laughs> That's that's right. Well, we just we got enough blowhards like uh, like John Tester to send them your direction. You know. So. Yeah, I, you you might remember I taught John Tester in high school. I remember him well. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, that was quite a surprise to me when I found out that he was a Democrat. I mean, he was he was a, just a straight shooter in high school. And now he's one of the most radical liberals out there. It's crazy. Uh, people it's change, I guess. Crazy. Power yeah. changes some. Hey, we got a minute to go. What, what do you, what do you want to share? We got a minute to go. Between us, uh, we. Thank you for Matt Rosendale. Your congressman and my congressman were two of the fearless five who stood up to, uh, uh, you know, during the, the speaker's uh, nomination opposing McCarthy. And boy, that has worked out brilliantly. Yeah, Rosendale. Yeah, he was he was part of a. I think even at the end of the day, still did not vote for McCarthy. Voted voted president at the end of the day, right? Uh, not sure about that, but I know him and Ralph Norman, uh, my congressman, have become fast friends. And these guys are two solid conservatives that we can count on. So thank you, Montana, for Matt Rosendale. What a difference a Republican majority uh, can mean in the House of Representatives uh, right now. They've got the power. Let's let's use it, just like our legislature. Okay, you're a super majority. Let's act like it. All right, Tom Bailey, great to hear from you. Uh, I know we had uh, State Senator Brad Molnar wanting to jump on the phone lines here as well. We might have to schedule that conversation because we were short on time. We had First Speaker Regeer and all the phone calls there. And then, of course, we had, had our scheduled conversation with Sheriff Dutton as well. But, uh, yeah, more time to chat tomorrow, thankfully. Go. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council.